You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast, <laughs> Halloween edition. <laughs> so well, you've been waiting like since the last <laughs> Halloween episode to be able to do that. Pretty I just much. knew it. <laughs> so what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have the Tatawahe, the Karloff. Uh, this is one of the Unlucky 13 Tatawahe releases that we uh, got our hands on. Yeah, if you, you know, pretty much every year this time around, uh, Tatawahe releases like the special limited release Halloween editions. And last year's edition, the Tiff, uh, was supposed to have been the last of the Monster series. But instead of killing it completely, uh, Tatawahe has started making, instead of naming them after famous monsters... They've started naming them after the actors behind the monsters, with the first one being the Boris, which I think I missed out on. Uh, the Karloff is like a tweaked version of the Boris blend, giving it fuller strength, according to a Pete Johnson. Yes, and, um, you know, this here is going to basically consist of everything that the, um, uh, the, the Boris did. Um, Ecuadorian Sumatra rapper... Nicaraguan binders and fillers, um, and a six by five, six fifty eight by forty nine uh, ring gauge vitola, which is about kind of the usual for the full size uh, monster series. Yes, so this was uh, after uh, Boris Koloff, who played Frankenstein in the nineteen thirty one film. Some of the OG of. Of horror, uh, so to have, they say, black pepper, raisins, koa, and aged leather are some of the notes you'll get. Which, like I said, I these Tatawahe Monster Editions have always been like, yeah, you know, really good. And this one being that Sumatra wrapper, just a, yeah, just a like, yeah, I mean, I get just definitely a just str- a, a little stronger, a little, bit... little darker than the previous versions, a little more spice, um, a little more leather. And um, not quite as earthy from what I remember. Like I remember. <laughs> and yeah, even though these things are like no longer done, they usually around, if not during Halloween, usually when the Christmas box sets come out, you might be able to find a uh, the monster box where they release all the previous blends in a, a, a unique uh, size and shape other than the, the standard full-size monster they had like the pudgy monsters one year and the skinny monsters so if you want to try some of the things from the past uh, you might be able to pick one of those up uh, if they have them out this year um and this week for our halloween episode we're talking about an og monster himself motherfucking jason Voorhees, and the but is he really a monster (laughs) or is he just a man He's the oh, man behind the mask. Is this just a, you know, PSA against, you know, premarital sex and drugs and, you know, rock and roll? Yeah, if you remember way, way, way back in the day, like episode shit, probably three, 
we we did kind of a comparison of our our of famous slasher killers, but we've not talked specifically about the Friday the Thirteenth series and this being the fortieth anniversary of the original nineteen eighty film. Fear is time to give give Jason his uh his due and give him a whole and I episode. think he does have probably one of the highest body counts of the you know famous, oh yeah we'll get into uh, that in the uh, in the main segment but yeah Jason is uh is numero uno on the kill count and if you're gonna try to survive a, an attack on Camp Crystal Lake you should call in the Strike Force StrikeForceEnergy.com wait 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 they did that already it didn't work oh, shit <laughs> throw some throw some Strike Force on Jason like some holy water it it make it may kill him that could okay. be the only thing to kill him or it just makes him stronger we don't know. Try it. Results may vary. But use your promo code CIGARNAGE for 20% off your order. Because that won't vary. <laughs> he drowned in all our sins. He drowned in our mistakes. Fueled by the flood we pay in blood. The curse of Crystal Lake. We've all been laid to rest. Our epitaph reads mommy knows best. Word of warning from beyond the grave that must be understood. Throats get slit in this neck of the woods. She raised him right, and he'll come out to play. Welcome back. It's Friday, bitches. Actually, it's Sunday. Kind of Sunday. Yeah. And well, by, probably by the time you listen to this, it'll be like Tuesday. It's Sunday. But... Bloody Sunday. But we're talking about Friday the 13th and a little guy named Jason Bartholomew Voorhees. So are we talking about like early 1950s Jason Voorhees, just little baby Jason Voorhees goes and starts his first swim and listens, but it's not very <laughs> successful at it. And then dies in 1979. I was born the same year Jason died, or theoretically died. <laughs> yes, we're talking about the OG number one slasher. I mean, we we yeah, Leatherface kind of started the genre, but Jason uh, perfected it. Well, I I I don't know. You know, I oftentimes I think more Friday the Thirteenth relates more closely to Halloween, like not to. Because Halloween kind of had this same model of boobs, a little bit more boobs. gory death, um, you know, that sort of thing where, you know, yeah, absolutely, you know, Texas Chainsaw is probably one of my all-time favorite film series. Um, but for what it was, like, a lot of the kills and stuff happened off screen. There wasn't the violence nor the nudity, you know, um... Like, even though you, like, it kind of left up to your imagination, the violent acts. Yeah, you kind of saw a lot more aftermath Whereas with the Leatherface. with Halloween and stuff like that, it's like, oh no, this killer's in your face, and, you know, we're really trying to push the envelope and, uh, you know, get into the gore porn industry. Yeah, Halloween especially, too, is more, uh, I got atmosphere, atmospheric horror. 
Like you got way more of him stalking people than you did the actual killing. So yes. it was like always like a, a big build up before like bodies started dropping. Whereas with Jason, um I mean I, I guess sort of build up, but you know, I mean you were there for the boobs and blood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, but like, I mean, surely on the numbers, Jason is king. He had the most movies, uh, with twelve if you include the. Uh, oh no, yeah, twelve if you include the uh, the reboot and highest body count of all our slashers at hundred and fifty seven confirmed kills. And I think that's even not counting the remake. I mean, Jason dropped way more bodies than anyone else. I think Michael Myers is like the closest at like seventy or eighty, but yeah. Uh, Jason like has the the ultimate body count of our, and, our slasher guys. You know, he's got a lot of ingenuity, you know, for what he is or who he is, you know? I mean... And that number, like, 157, that is just Jason kills. We're not including the first Friday the 13th movie where, as you know, the killer is his mama, or Jason 5 where it was a uh, copycat killer using uh, Jason as a cover. Yeah, that's 157 all on him. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like he needs to be training military folks, because, I mean, this is one tactical <laughs> motherfucker. Like, Yeah, I mean, I've watched, played enough uh, stealth kill video games, and I'm like, fucking Jason ain't got it. The motherfucker, he may be big as shit, but he makes no sound. He just, like, appears out of nowhere and, and fucks people up and then disappears like a ninja. That are, you know, really great about just laying traps and being like, Aha! Like, I mean, like, just... Yeah, the, uh... Probably one of the most epic stalkers there is. Like, once, you know, once he's determined your prey, like, it's game on. Like... That and, like, not only the stealth kills... If I mean, he if is the epitome of get off my lawn. You yeah. Know, you come into Crystal, you know, Lake Territory, <laughs> you know, if you stay in town, you're okay. Well, until you go to Manhattan. So, <laughs> yeah. so don't go to Camp Crystal Lake and don't go to Manhattan... You'll probably be okay. Yeah, come on vacation, leaving a body bag. <laughs> yeah, but like, forget and like, yeah, the key to like stealth games like Hitman or Splinter Cell, you always gotta hide your body so no one finds it. Jason's like the master of that. He kills like so many people, and then you never find bodies to like the last twenty minutes of the film when like the final girl is like running for her life and like, oh, I've I've hung your boyfriend in this tree to like stop you from running out this door. Uh, you open that closet, hey, there's like three bodies stacked in there. <laughs> it's like, or I just start chucking them through the window if you're not running around fast enough. It's like, yeah, it's like, just saves, you know, stealthy as fuck until that, you know, I've killed everyone except that final girl. Now it's like, hey, look what I did, bitch. <laughs> Here's your friends. <laughs> Found them. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, this series also gave us basically everything on what not to do. In a horror movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like, you know, with Zombieland, you know, where it had, like, your basic, you know, rules to survive. Like, this basically gave us the horror genre rules to survive. Yeah, it's like, uh, whatever, Jamie Kennedy and, uh, and, uh, Scream, where he's like, the rules of horror movie, never say you'll be right back, because you won't be. Like, don't do drugs or alcohol, and definitely don't have sex. It's like, yep. If you do all those things, you're definitely going to die. Only the virginous, virginal type, you know, girl is the it makes it through a Jason but, movie. But you know, even then, like sometimes uh, that might not be enough. You know, no, because you're probably going to die the next, like the opening of the next movie. <laughs> like, 
I think that's been like the, the crazy thing about this series is it's like oftentimes they will literally just bring back a character just to kill him within like three minutes of the next film and be like, <laughs> now what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, it goes from boy drowning to, you know, big skinny dude with just epic retard strength. And if you don't know about retard strength, I encourage everybody to read, uh, you know, a little book by uh, Ross Patterson. Uh, <laughs> Which is new and supposed to be coming out uh, next month sometime. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Pick that one up. Do a, um, maybe do a Cigar Nerds book club and <laughs> review the new <laughs> Ross Patterson novel. At um, night, she's still crying, and he's still riding his steed. Oh, the the new one is called uh, When the Sun Rises, It Dawns on Him. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wonder, Hannah, did you come across this in any of your research? Like, when they made the decision to... Because, to, like, Jason didn't become a thing until Friday the 13th Part 2. That's the first time we get him as our, our killer. Because uh, the original one was his well, mom I mean, getting you know, revenge I, I, on I, supposedly I, killing him. You know, at the, you know, at the end of the first, like it's implied that Jason witnesses his mother being beheaded, and that's kind of what sets the ball in motion for two, where everything just basically becomes a revenge plot at that point. Um, yeah, because in Friday Thirteenth Part One, you know, you know, his mom's the killer, and she's like, oh the the counselors here didn't watch my son and he drowned. So I'm getting revenge. Because and that's then, absolutely going to make him come back. Yeah. And then like somebody tries to reopen the camp and she's like, nah, this ain't going to happen. Cause y'all going to do the same shit. I'm going to come kill all you fuckers too. But at the same time, like you keep having like bodies pile up. Wouldn't there be some kind of intervention to be like, hey, this shit's sealed off. Nobody's coming back here. Nobody's reopening. We're not rebranding. Like, well, shit's think closed. That. But if you, uh... Like, you know, I because, didn't... I mean, all the old-timers in town know that shit goes down there. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Camp blood. You know. But, yeah, like, that that's the one thing, too. Is like, well, yeah, why would they keep trying to reopen this camp, but... This last week, going back and rewatching these all, like, back-to-back, back, that was the thing I, I, I didn't remember was the actual timeline of it, where basically, like, the first, uh, say, four movies happened, like, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, like, chronolo- like literally, like, the... the f- yeah, I mean, two, it's... Like- two, three, and four are, all, are, like, literally days apart. So it's like it's like him in like a continuous like killing spree. Like so there's so there's not like this like why are we reopening this camp you're, again? You're, no, he's just still killing motherfuckers. Your crime scene techs have not even got to finish cleaning out the blood and bits before Hey, it's three days later, let's reopen this thing, boys. <laughs> yeah, because Friday thirteenth part two starts. I heard with, there's uh, good fishing down by this hole. Somebody opening a camp like I guess like across the lake from Crystal Lake. It's a it's a different camp, but they're like and they're telling the ghost story like, yeah, you know, a couple years ago, this lady like killed all the people at uh, Cramp Crystal Lake. So definitely don't go over there. And one girl survived and ended up killing the the lady. But four months later, she disappeared, and no one's no one's uh you know ever found her. But then after that, it's like you know, two, three, and four. It's like literally like you see people watching the news about like the killing from the last movie, and so it's like. Oh yeah, all this shit was like literally like days apart in the timeline, so it like 
makes a little more sense that it's <laughs> still going on. But, I mean, then again, like, the timeline is so fucked that there is no timeline. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, this was the 80s. It wasn't like a Marvel film where it's all connected. They're just like, we don't care as long as there's boobs and killing. Well, I mean, People even then, like, like it, it would just suspend be... Suspend the disbelief. You know, so many different directors coming on board to be like, oh, let's do our own take because this thing had success. And <laughs> Yeah, other than two and three, like, none of them shared a director. It was like a different guy every time. I mean, a lot of them... And hell, like, we even, you know, how many Jason... Well, even, like, writers, I think, changed nearly I from, mean, like, film to film. Writers changed, and, you know, then, like, later on, once New Line became, like, ingrained in everything, and it's like, now you'll do what the studio tells you, and it's like, <laughs> then things got really bad. Yeah, quality definitely dropped off after, like, Friday the 13th Part 7. Eight may have been the last Paramount. I don't know if that was new. I can't remember if that was New Line or not. It I, it might have been, but yeah, like after Jason Seven, when New Line took over, shit got weird. That's when we got Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, Freddy versus Jason, and then the the 2009 remake, which is horrible. But yeah, they literally jumped. Jason went to fucking space. Like it, it's like you live long enough, eventually you'll go to space. Even Fast and Furious is going to space at this point. It's like. Like, bro, y'all definitely jumped the shark at this point. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was crazy to me going back and watching these. Because, like, Jason X, like, in my head, I was like, that came out, like, six years ago. And I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. No, that was, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> Fucking 18. It came out in 2002. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck. And the CGI is not held up. <laughs> no. The well, graphics I mean, in that are so bad. Like, that's the thing. Going back, It looks like a sci-fi original. Like, something I would see on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. I mean, going back and watching all these films again, like, it was surprising how much the earlier films are still very much enjoyable. Yeah. Until they started introducing the supernatural and then, like, the lightning effects. Like, had had none of that occurred, like, I think these films would still hold up relatively well. But, you know, it's like, ooh, there's this 3D technology, so everything must have 3D because this random <laughs> dude needs to yo-yo at your face. Yeah, if you watched uh, Friday the 13th Part 3, that was the first one that was in 3D. And it's 1982 effects. And if you watch, especially now on video, where it's not in 3D, just the shots are so weird. Because they did so much stuff, like, right at the camera for no reason. There's, like, a, a guy yo-yoing, like, right over somebody's face. or like, hey, you want a hot dog? And, like, jams it, like, right in the screen. It's <laughs> It's just so many like it's these my wiener in your face. <laughs> weird ass, fa but the uh, and was it the uh, the freaking uh, spear gun through the eye, and the eye just pops straight out at the screen. That was and the effect is so terrible. <laughs> like the fuck do you use a jawbreaker? <laughs> like one of those little slappy hand things. <laughs> yeah, if y'all are not familiar with the supernatural elements of Jason, uh. The first three, like, two, three, and four, he's alive. He's just a strong dude. And then four, he's finally actually killed. Like, the rest of them, he's kind of Michael myers -ed. He's gotten fucked up, but he, he somehow survived. Uh, you know, and then, like, you know, part five, like I said, copycat killer. But then six, that's the first time he becomes... The undead. He is, like, resurrected. I mean, he straight up got Frankenstein. Yeah, so, like, the rest of the movies have, like, he's more of, like, a killer zombie or some kind of weird, like, supernatural beast. 
Well, I think we learned <laughs> and then a cyborg in part eight eight that he is like some alien thing crawling around. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I don't know. It's not really xenomorph. Like I don't know what the fuck you would you know classify that as. Yeah, because it's like it's like as long as part of him survives, he can still regenerate, and then he like basically like possess people. Host. He becomes like a like a parasite. It's like an invasion of the body snatcher. Crawls in a different shit. body. Yeah. Freaking, I guess so that that was the height of the new lion fuckery that Jason goes to hell was probably some of the the weirdest story. And it's also a Jason movie. Like I said, you see, you watch Jason for boobs and killing. And Jason. Jason goes to hell. The faculty, I think, is what that movie Literally, reminded me of. You don't have Jason through most of the film. He's playing a spirit or parasite that is possessing different bodies. So you got all these random actors killing people, but none of them are. So you like, you see Jason in the first five well, minutes you, and the last 15, 20, you, <laughs> you see him when he looks in the mirror. Like if there's a mirror around, you could be like, Oh, that motherfucker's Jason Voorhees, but no mirror. And it's like, Fred, why are you trying to bite me? Fred, <laughs> you got the rabies. Yeah. Got the rabbits. Or almost like, uh, was it uh, John Carpenter's The Thing? It's like the alien that's going in people's bodies and taking them over. <laughs> you don't yeah, know who's the killer. Yeah, like, freaking Jason Goes to Hell is probably like one of the freaking weirdest ones. <laughs> With the exception of Jason X. I mean, he calls up a girl from the inside out. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> Always keep your legs crossed and Jason's around. <laughs> but um you know in addition to being tactical jason uses a wide variety of means to dispatch his victims um yeah and, i mean and that was always kind of the cool thing is you know the iconic machete yes absolutely but you know this franchise over the years you know gave its um star-studded cast um some many interesting ways yes yeah, because that's one thing. Jason is, like, the master of improvised weaponry. Because it's, like, he's always, like, you know... He's good with a bow staff. He's good with a spear <laughs> gun. He's good with, you know, an axe. When you think Jason, you always think Knife machete. Throwing. And machete probably has the the highest number of bodies on it. But, yeah, literally, like, every movie... Hell, I think Jason 8, it was, like, I'm going to use a different weapon. 7 or 8 one, it was, like, I'm going to use a different weapon for every kill. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> like... And in eight, when Jason takes Manhattan and they're on the cruise ship, I mean, he gets everything from, you know, the spear gun to the guitar to, you know, just using different means available to him on the ship and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, freaking axes, gardens, claws, superhuman strength, fire, fire pokers, spear guns, fence posts, an RV, <laughs> a dart, <laughs> a lot of bare hands and super strength kills. Yeah, double axes, friggin' metal spear. Yeah, hell, he drowned a guy in a bucket of shit once. I mean, it's like it's the the sheer uh, number of things Jason has uh, used to kill a motherfucker is is just absolutely spectacular. When you start going through the list of his weapons, not only and is he good at like stealth bag. kills, dude is a master of axe and knife throwing. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's one dude you don't want to compete against. It's like in the off season when he's just chilling in the woods by himself. Is that all he do is like just freaking throwing knives and 
And, and you know, bow and arrow, too, a couple times. I mean, <laughs> he's got ranged weapons. He's got close-up weapons. And later on, regenerative properties, so. And nobody can just leave him the hell alone. <laughs> Stop that's, that's, bringing him back to life. That's literally all it would take is for people just to leave him the hell alone. <laughs> he wants to be a grumpy old man, and it's like his lawn has a lot of trees. Just get off his lawn. <laughs> oh, go fuck on somebody else's lawn. <laughs> but yeah, let's you know for a second here talk about the the original released in May 9th, nineteen eighty. The 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 thing that brought us to all, if, you know, say what you will about the first one, we don't get Jason without Mrs. Voorhees and her killing spree. And that first movie, and also it introduced, I think most of these movies until, say, the New Line era when they got super popular, most of them had a bunch of no-name actors, with the exception the first one had Kevin Bacon, for all you six degree of seven Kevin Bacon players <laughs> and he dies with an arrow through the throat, which is probably one of the from underneath the bed too, which was probably one of the coolest kills of that movie. Yeah. But my only problem, well, no, the, that one, I don't think Jason wraps his arm around him. Like no. there's, there's one scene where we get the arrow through the person, but like Jason's under the bed with his arm, like wrapped. It's like, Dude, is this motherfucker like Stretch Armstrong? Like, yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, it's his mom. <laughs> Reaches up, grabs him by the forehead, and then shoves an arrow through his neck from under the bed. I'm like, and when you later, when you finally see her, that was the thing too with the first one. You didn't see who the killer was until the f- last few minutes. So it's like the whole time you see people dying, and you're like, who the fuck is doing this? And it's like it was you saw you saw the 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 hits, but not like who was doing it. Well, yeah. my thing is... She's is, just not a big woman when you see her later, and she somehow yeah, reached all the way up onto a bed, grabbed a guy's head, and shoved an arrow through his neck. <laughs> how fucking long does it take to go to lunch? This dude had like a 15-hour lunch break. <laughs> all right, kids, y'all continue setting up camp. I'm going to go into town and grab some food. He's at the diner like 15 fucking hours. <laughs> yeah, by the time he comes back, everybody's like already dead. He's like, oh, shit. I gotta, re- gotta hire some new kids. <laughs> Damn. And that one never showed up, and we're, we're not even concerned. We're. Hey, we got a person fucking hitchhiking to get to this camp to be our camp cook. Nobody offered to give her a ride. Can we meet up somewhere? Can we. Like. Coordination. This camp was destined to fail from the very beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you got. Uh, you always have that one, the crazy guy. Uh... You're all doomed if you stay. <laughs> oh, which which he didn't even really... survive the uh, the second movie. Well, I mean, like, I, I love the fact that he gets to regenerate as, I mean, you know, essentially that's our messenger of God, you know? I mean, it's almost like walking around. It's like, oh, there's a beam off of that kitty cat. It must have a quest for me. Whereas <laughs> this dude's like, oh, yeah, he's batshit crazy. He knows legit what's going on. Yeah. He's like the one everyone's like, oh, that guy's crazy. But he's like the guy who... You know, and he shows up, scares it's like, the kids. Hey, we're gonna keep gonna saying die. how stupid, you know, and batshit crazy this dude is, but we keep having murders and stupid shit happening at this camp. At some point, evidence is gonna give that dude some credibility and be like, <laughs> he must know something. <laughs> yeah, he uh, yeah, makes it through the first one, and then he yeah, she, he's like shows him, hey guys, like y- y'all gonna die, I'm getting out of here, 
But then he shows him the second one. He's like, ooh, I'm going to look through the window and perv on these people. And he's like, oh, dude, you done fucked up. You did some perving. That means you're going to die. And sure enough, he gets, like, garroted with some barbed wire, which was But then he gets sweet to come kill. back later on. No, there's always, like, different, like, there's crazy variations guys. Of yeah. them, yes. Like, in Jason 8, they had, like, the, the, the creepy crew member on the boat going, this ship is cursed. We're all going to die. Everything's got a death curse. Yeah, like, like, why the hell didn't you go off the boat, dude? <laughs> if you were on the Titanic, knew that bitch was going to sink. You should have stayed in port. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's a messenger of God, so maybe he knows that, you know, this life, I get to come back and try to save another life. <laughs> it's like Quantum Leap. Or maybe, like... or maybe that's his purgatory. I don't know. Maybe he... Failed to, you know, warn the kids because of, you know, yeah, coming like... off as batshit crazy and whatnot. <laughs> and, you know, this is his punishment. He has to keep, you know, coming back just to watch him die. getting resurrected and <laughs> can't uh, stop the murders. Oh. And the, the true story of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and then part two, we get our first one with actual Jason, where they're trying to reopen another camp. But this time it's like... We're going to make this movie super diverse. We're going to have a guy in a wheelchair. We're going to have uh, uh, black people. You know, and you know one thing, too, that's the, the, the uh, I would say, the uh, the stereotype of horror movies, that the black guy in the horror movie always dies first. I rewatch these Jason movies. I don't know where they get that stereotype from, because, like, the black guy always died, like, parts of the way through. It was never, like, the first kill. Like, so... Whoever you're blaming that uh, stereotype on, it wasn't Jason. Might have been Freddy. I don't know. But yeah, he's like, yeah. The, the, Jason was an equal opportunity killer. He didn't kill, you know, you know, kill that guy first. I don't know. For some reason, out of his kills, like before rewatching the series, the two that always stood in my... So I can always remember the dude in the wheelchair being forced down the steps backwards. Because I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. gotta suck. He just catches the machete in his face and then just rolls down this long ass stairway. That first time I've even seen that stairway. I don't know where it came from, but yeah, he rolled all the way down that long ass stairway. And then I think, and that... it almost just made you laugh. It's like it was more comedic than it was horrifying. Um... And then I can't remember. Maybe it's Jason goes to hell, um, where. One of the ladies in the diner, he kills her by bashing in her face. And, like, literally her face is, like, imploded. So, like, you know, just... It's almost like somebody reverse plunged her face. <laughs> and, and, and that, for some reason, was always the one thing. It's like, I'm pretty sure those bones would be broken. She would have been dis deformed. She wouldn't just be like, oh, my face is all sucked in. <laughs> Oh, and speaking of also of uh, famous uh, uh, people that, well, later went on to be famous, uh, Friday the 13th Part 4 had uh, the dad from Back to the Future as <laughs> one of the victims. <laughs> so every once in a while you see, like, a, hey, that guy got famous later on. Most of these people you never heard of again. <laughs> Are they yeah, lived I, that, I uh, don't know, you know, because, well, I mean, we had Kevin Bacon, like you talked about, but, like, who would be the one breakaway star, like, you know, with the Halloween franchise, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, really put her on the map as, you know, Scream Queen. Yeah, and she was one that, like, showed up in most of those movies where, other than Jason, you didn't really get any, like, returning characters, other than uh, 
the character of Tommy Jarvis, which was played by different actors, but he was there for four, five, and six. Fuck Tommy. <laughs> Originally played by Corey Feldman. <laughs> Young Corey Feldman. Yeah. Goonies never die, but they will chop a motherfucker up with a machete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was the first guy to legit kill Jason. And bring him back. That, that and the other thing, too, is like you... Jason is iconic for the hor- the hockey mask, but he doesn't even get that to like halfway through number three. <laughs> and he's like, hmm, this is a good fashion statement. I'm going to keep this. Yeah, I don't know. That was always kind of the weird thing is when you first see Jason with a burlap sack. <laughs> but was- then, like, the other thing, too, is, I, you know, we were talking off air. I definitely feel like Jason looks a lot better when you don't, directly see jason like you know the fact that they keep unmasking him and everything else like kind of takes away from and he looks like super fucked up like i mean pretty much every i guess maybe that's a great way to let your guard down be like oh this is just an average man with an average plan (laughs) yeah but it gets like more and more fugly as it goes on but that's the thing too it's like every one of these films like at some point they take his mask off but also, it's like, <laughs> at some point they stop caring about continuity. Because if you watch like the first, I'd say five movies, well, like I said, he's not in number five. We'll talk about that in a second. But it starts off, his left eye is his good eye. His right eye is his mutant, like non-functioning eye. And then number six, it switched. And suddenly he had a good right eye and a bad left eye. And that's how it was for, like, the rest of the films. (laughs) But, yeah, as you were saying, it's better to... Not just his face, but... I think the the problem with some of the later films is they used him too much. Like, all the other movies, you either saw the kill and not Jason. Or he would just pop up, kill somebody, and peace out. And you really didn't see a whole lot on that last 15-minute, 20-minute chase scene. Whereas in probably starting in eight and definitely in Jason X, they just use Jason way too much. It's like the more you see of him, kind of like the less scary he becomes <laughs> or the longer he's on screen, the more you can tell the makeup sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like, you can, you can sit there and kind of, you know, pick stuff apart, but I mean, you know, like, I mean, the, the effects for the earlier films, really aren't that bad, like, as far as the gore and stuff. I mean, I think even Greg Nicotero did some of the stuff, didn't he? And like, uh, I know uh, Tom Savini was, like, no, the original makeup guy. Tom Savini, that's who, that's who I'm trying to think of. So, I mean... Well, I gotta say, the makeup effects, for me, probably seven was, like, the pinnacle. Because six, that's the first one where he's supernatural. Seven, at the end of six, he gets... They throw a weight on him, sink him back to the bottom of the lake. Seven, he's raised by some psychic chick. But he's been at the bottom of the lake for a couple years. And he looks, I mean, his uniform's all tattered. His skin is, like, rotting. There's spots where, like, you can see his, like, rib cage and bones in his hand. And then eight is the absolute worst makeup. It looks like a dude in a suit. Like, I've seen better makeup at uh, a haunted house. Like, Netherworld does better makeup effects than they did in Jason 8. I mean, he just looked fucking horrible. <laughs> Even Jason X, like, up until he became Cyborg Jason, had better makeup than (laughs) Jason Takes Manhattan. 
Damn it. Then you call him... Skynet resurrected Jason. <laughs> Damn nanobots. Yeah, and... The other movie that didn't have a Jason was Jason... Or the New Beginning, Chapter 5, where Tommy Jarvis has grown up and he's got a little bit of PS, PTSD from killing Jason and now he's like in a halfway house. And there's... As we find later on, it's like the EMT guy sees his son, who's also in this uh, mental halfway house, get killed. And he decides to take up the mantle of Jason and start the killings again and get revenge on all the people at that house. But that one was... the Kind of the cool part of that is it went almost back to the first movie where there was a lot of suspense. You actually didn't know who the killer was. Because you like you knew Jason was dead, so you're like... Most of the kills happened when Tommy Jarvis wasn't around, so it's like, all right, has Tommy snapped, and is he killing people? You got, like, the one random drifter that shows up and asks for the job from the hillbilly lady. You're like, is he the killer? It's like, you don't get, like, kind of a reveal of who Jason is until, like, the last bit. So it's, like, kind of all these little, you know, Easter eggs. Like, all right, is it, you know, it was almost like a murder mystery at at times wrapped into a a slasher film, which was, that was kind of the only cool part about that and then and we talked about the horror movie rules earlier of never say I'll be back, don't have sex. There should be another one added to that list. Never take a shit. Because I swear, like going back and watching these movies, there are so many people that get killed while in the bathroom or just coming out of the bathroom. And that's why so many people use a handicap stall. That way you can still have your piece right there accessible. <laughs> Especially number two, the dude's like this is probably the I mean number number five. When the guy's like eating eating tacos in his van and it's like starts to make out with his girlfriend, he's like, Oh, oh, she's like, What? She's like, God damn enchiladas <laughs> and runs to the porta john and then gets like a metal spike through him while he's trying to take a shit. <laughs> but yeah, there's like but so I many mean, people they get killed epic, in the bathroom. They had that epic, you know, duet, you know, while he's taking a shit. It's like, bitch, you can't wait to sing your song till I'm not taking a shit. <laughs> it's one of those like, I got stage fright, sing to me, baby, so I can <laughs> finish this deuce. <laughs> You are my number two. <laughs> Do your number two. Uh, yeah, but goddamn enchiladas is probably the best line in, uh, <laughs> in the Jason movie. But all right. What do you think? Because I've got my opinion. Uh, the worst of the 12. Not counting the the reboot. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the, the original Jason movies... I don't know. I I think legit for me, it's probably Freddy vs. Jason. Because at Freddy vs. Jason, truly where shit went off the deep end, and they started out trying to do a horror film and realized real quickly that this shit just isn't working, and then it turned into a a fucking comedy. And, (laughs) like, it just... Yeah, because Freddy has always been kind of... I mean, Freddy's comedic, an, an asshole. Yeah. Jason is just, you know, an unrelentless pursuit of, you know, either I get away or I'm gonna die. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you know, it. The comedic elements of Freddy you know, does I, not like, fit the Jason. And I, I, I could never, you know, picture Jason being like, "Welcome to prime time, bitch." You know, um, <laughs> and that did come out in 2003, so that was kind of the height of like the Scream franchise and like almost like the horror comedy, you know, trying to put too much like comic relief in like horror movies 
was that was kind of like the thing of the air and it doesn't really fit Jason, but the effects in that movie are pretty good. Some of the, and it has some pretty good kills. It had all the elements. There was tits, there was death. You know, there was like a guy who looked like Jason Muse that was constantly stoned. But <laughs> I think they even called him fat buds. J in the movie. You know, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was stupid, but it was funny. And then they had like the cool, like, you know, mortal Kombat Jason versus uh Freddy. Yeah, but that one's probably not... Like I said, it's a good comedy movie. I wouldn't say it's a great Jason movie. But to me, the worst of the series, my vote, has got to be Jason Takes Manhattan. I mean, hell, just the title. You call a movie Jason Takes Manhattan, and you don't get Manhattan to Jason... for, like, ten and, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the last ten, fifteen minutes of the movie they're in. And the thugs in Manhattan are, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of the, like... Jason's like stalking through the city and kicks over these like thugs boombox and they all pull like knives and he just lifts up his mask and shows them like, Oh no, we're good homie. (laughs) But you didn't have the one guy trying to box Jason and he's just standing there letting him like just keep hitting him until he gets tired. And then finally he hits him one punch and like knocks his head across the street into a garbage can, like for two points plus camp crystal Lake. All right. Emphasis Lake. Somehow that is now on a river that connects to the ocean. So Jason can kill people in a houseboat, make it to a port, get on a cruise ship going to New York. <laughs> it looks like a converted fishing boat. Uh, it's like... <laughs> and like I said, they kind of used him too much. That's like the first one where the more you saw him, the worse he looked. And there was like all kind of weird like girl seeing visions and like really hyped up the supernatural element and how they killed him at the end. Probably the worst stupidest way to take out Jason in all the movies. He gets like drowned in a river of toxic waste in the sewers of New York. But instead of like dying or dissolving, he just turns back into his former child self for no freaking explanation. You get a dead kid. That in his way underwear. We could get a new beginning part too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, you get death by guitar. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's like, one thing we, like we said off mic was like, you know, when did Jason learn to teleport? That one literally had a teleportation scene because girl sees him in the engine room playing guitar, drops her guitar, runs down some stairs, and by the time she gets to the bottom of the stairs, Jason is waiting for her with the guitar she dropped upstairs and cracks her in the face with an axe. <laughs> But, I mean, at the same time, like, I mean, you you see it, you know, especially within, like, you know, the Jason lives and stuff like that. Um, because it'll pan where Jason's in front of the the character. And then they look ahead and, oh, Jason's not there. And then, mysteriously, he's behind him. Like, <laughs> and, I mean, you know, it was also, like... He was like, it was like the Ninja Turtles. He was, like, you know, hanging out, watching old, like, kung fu videos and learned how to be a ninja. Like, the only thing that was always different for me is, like, um, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the 1980 NES video game, which was fucking next to impossible. Um, but, like, you get that motherfucker near water, and all of a sudden you got million out, mile an hour, you know, fucking <laughs> super swimmer Jason. And, like, I, I don't remember him, like, ever having super swim abilities throughout any of the franchise. Like... <laughs> You know, it's always, he either pops up out of the water, but you never, like, actually, like, I always thought the film where the girl is wakeboarding topless, um, 
Like that yeah. would have been a great like scene to introduce like, like a fucking shark. super swimmer Jason <laughs> and you know fucking. But then again, it might have been like, all right, when to fucking Jason turn into Jaws? <laughs> so what's your? Uh, do you have a favorite of the series? Of the series, um, hmm, it's kind of tough. Well, I'll go first while you think about that, because my favorite has always been Jason Part 6, Jason Lives. Because that's the first one where he is now an immortal killing machine. Uh, Tommy Jarvis now is like, he keeps having the visions of Jason, so he's like, I gotta prove to myself, once and for all, he's actually dead. So he goes back to Crystal Lake, which they've changed the ni- the tame now to like Forest Green to kind of get away from like the uh, the association with Jason and all that. And he digs up the body and he's going to burn it. Well, he stabs it with like a, a metal fence post. It gets struck by lightning and now he comes back to life. But that's the first time he's had like legit super strength. So there's all these just great reactions by whoever's playing Jason. Where like at one point he's like, "There's a couple guy. There's a guy going through the woods playing paintball like with a machete." And Jason just grabs his arm and goes to like throw him. Well, the guy's arm pops off, and then Jason just kind of stands there holding the dude's arm like, "Holy fuck! I just did that." <laughs> he has these like reaction moments where he's like, like he slams a girl's face into a wall, and there's like a metal imprint of her face in the wall, and it's and it's just like yeah, you know, he just has these reactions like. Damn, I'm big as shit now. This is for a guy who doesn't say anything and wearing a mask, so you can't see face reaction. This is body language, just like stopping and kind of staring at what he just did. Like, oh shit, this is cool. <laughs> it's like I've leveled up. That it has the best soundtrack too. I mean, that that's the one where they had a freaking song by Alice Cooper in it, "The Man Behind the Mask." <laughs> I mean, Jay, of like, yeah, rewatching these movies has been like a highlight of '80s uh, '80s songs, but. Jason Jason Six had like probably the best like soundtrack. They like legit got, you know, big name acts to write songs specifically for this film. Dude, I, I remember one time I went to a uh, Big Lots and you know like looking at the five dollar CD bin and like there was one of them called like Horror Hits of the seventies and eighties and <laughs> dude, like that that song was like the seventh or eighth song and. That was my all-time fucking favorite CD. Like, I mean, there was so much Alice Cooper, ACDC, like, just great. I'm like, fucking $5 bin. Like, winning. Uh, yeah, so. I say not only just the movies. I mean, we, you talked about the video game. There's been multiple video games. He's been a character in the last couple Mortal Kombat games. There was books, comic books. I mean, there was Freddy versus Jason versus uh, the Evil Dead uh, comic book series. So it's like, there's been all these, like, and this, the merchandising, I mean, there's so much shit you can buy with a hockey mask and Jason stuff, even probably only second to, I see a lot of Michael Myers shirts and whatnot, but Jason is like the merchandising king. (laughs) I will say that this caused me to fall down a whole YouTube series hole, and it was basically going to the Halloween store, buying one of the cheap hockey masks. And in a day project, like, turn it to, like... Like the movie. Like the... Well, and, you know, the way the guy did it is he showed you how to do everything depending on which movie you're talking about. So, literally, like, it's a 12-part series, so you could make each mask (laughs) from your favorite film. And I'm like, this shit's badass. Like, you know, like... Yeah, I don't know if it still exists And it, and it was, like, on, like, a... 
less than $30 budget. Nice. I'm going to so check that out. that was kind of interesting. I don't know if it still exists or not, but there was a uh, haunted house here in Georgia called Camp Blood down in, uh, I want to say Austell. It was, it was near Six Flags. Uh, at, and it was at like an old actual camp. But uh, and I think they do paintball like in the rest of the year, and they had. But if it still exists, one of the things they had down there is they had hockey masks customized by different local artists. So they had all kind of different like. So if you yeah, once you got through the haunted house, you could buy a Jason hockey mask, and each one was like a one-off, you know, uh, custom-made painted mask, which was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, fucking iconic. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that haunted house too. I I figured out how to stop Jason. I just wouldn't let him out of his hole. There's like one part where like you're got, got a guide with you, and they takes you down like some dark hallway that you can't see. And he's like, "Oh, there's a there's an obstruction. I can't make it through. Hold on, everybody, stay here. Let me go see if I can find another way out of this room." Well, all of a sudden the lights cut on, and there's Jason with a chainsaw, but he's behind like a plexiglass door, and you're supposed to turn and run, and so he's gonna chase you. But me and my buddy just stood there, and we're right in front of the door because we were like first in line, and he couldn't get out of his door. So he's just waving his chainsaw. And we're like, "Fuck you, dude!" We're like, "We're not letting you out of this door." <laughs> and finally, he just kind of like just pointed, and we look, and we're like, "Oh shit!" Everyone else ran. But for a second, it's like that's all you gotta do. Just don't let him in the door. <laughs> but then he's gonna do some teleport shit, or he's gonna go <laughs> under the floor and like, yeah, like that would have been the awesome part. Like you know, fucking have a chainsaw, but it kind of a trap door. So then like the lights cut off and like. That was like, behind us. Fuck, we screwed oh, up. Oh, shit. You know, he came up where the guide was. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they... Freddy vs. Jason was kind of the end of the original series, but then in 2009, they actually tried to reboot it like they did with all... I mean, there was a freaking Texas Chainsaw reboot. There was a Freddy reboot, which was horrible. And... I, re- I mean, hell, I rewatched it last night. With fucking Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. It was just like a bad Supernatural episode. It didn't really do anything innovative. It was just like, hey, it's almost like a fan film. It was like, hey, all these cool, like, cliches from Jason, let's try to throw these into one film and and try to recreate that 80s feel. And it just, yeah, just did not, like, I don't know, it just seemed like yeah, a. Yeah, I don't know, you know, like, was some of the Texas Chainsaw like stuff. Like a shadow of the original um... shit. I like the Texas Chainsaw reboots. I mean, those yeah, were cool, you know they but, did pretty good. Or but, at least the first one was. You know, well, and I mean, I even like the the beginning. You know, just learning a little bit of the the Sawyer, you know, family backstory, I guess. But yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth just. I say it's better than the it, Freddy Krueger one, but yeah, it was still just not. It was all right. This wasn't I mean, great. I. I, I for some reason, like, once New Line got involved, it felt too much like the studio, you know, was pulling all the strings and everything else. Which I think, um, you know, even when they did um, Part 6, Jason Lives, I think originally that got an X rating. And the studio was like, oh no, we gotta cut all this, cut this, cut this, cut this. And, you know, like... It, at that time, it was, I don't know. Like, you, you watch those films now, and it's like, yeah, that, that ain't shit, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, all of this was pre-Hostel, pre, you know, Saul, pre, you That's the thing, too. Like, watching, like, the reboot, too, like, now that basically gore porn has kind of became a thing, which I don't, I, I like the classic slasher stuff, the gore porn, porn with the torture scenes, they're almost, like, just too much. It's not entertaining. But... 
yeah, the kills kind of seem tame in like the modern era of like you know a hostel or a saw or something like that. I don't know. Speaking of favorite film, I don't really know which one it is, and it might even be um, Jason Lives, but like the fact you know picking up you know the girl in the sleeping bag and slamming her into a tree like is pretty epic but then i think you know this one a little bit different you got girl trapped in the sleeping bag but she's being cooked alive yeah that was kind of like that's what they did they kind of made jason a uh cannibal it looked like he was capturing people to cook them (laughs) i mean he even brought the body back to his like camp at one point i'm like is Jason like just a full on like cannibal now? Is that how he survived in the woods all this time? Did did he did he eat all the animals? Like that's <laughs> the thing. They're in the woods. Like at what point do you see like like rustling and it's like oh that's just a raccoon? <laughs> like yeah, I don't remember which one it that is. It's it's either six or it might even be uh, seven. But yeah, we're like the people are camping and he like kills the boyfriend and then the you know opens up the tent and like snatches the girl up in her a sleeping bag and just starts like dragging through the woods and just starts beating her into a tree. That one's a pretty good kill. And how, like the, when they try to distract him and, uh, Jason X in the freaking uh, holodeck and they give him like the two girls to kill. And he's like literally got them both in sleeping bags and beating one with the other one. I'm like, he's literally beating a motherfucker with another motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, it was more comedic than it was like, but yeah, that, that just grabbing the girl in the sleeping bag and just banging her into the tree at like whichever movie that was. That was like, yeah, that's probably a pretty iconic uh, kill. I don't know. Then like inevitably, like I'm pretty sure every movie at some point a body's getting thrown through a window. Right. Like, like if you're trying to stay away from Jason, it should be treated like a tornado. Stay away from windows and doors. <laughs> yeah. Because he's either going to jump through them or he's going to throw you out of them. <laughs> I did like, you know, while Jason uh, takes Manhattan's pretty bad, I did like when they finally, like, get to New York and find a cop. And like, oh, we're saved. Where's Tom? Like, whatever the, the boxer guy was. And they get in the police car and his severed head is, like, sitting on the dash of the police car when they turn the lights on. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's like, oh, shit. It's like, the fuck? <laughs> Dispatch, dispatch. Oh, I'm dead. Or, uh, remember the, uh, yeah, it's seven. There's the guy watching, like, vintage silent film porn, which I didn't even know was a thing. But somehow he just happened to find, like, a projector in this old house. And it's like watching this high as shit, watching this, like, black and the white silent, uh, film porn. And they get stabbed through the, uh, through the, uh, projector screen while he's trying to make out with the girl on the screen. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess I guess when you know the need calls, you know, just make sure you're not on a Zoom meeting before, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's like that one too. Had the girl that was had the telekinesic powers, and that was like a full like most of the movies. The final girl, like you know, running for her life, just manages to somehow kill him. But that one was the first time where a girl was like, "Fuck you," and like you know, fights him. And is like using like damn Jedi powers and like you know, fucking throwing him around and and choking him out with cables and everything else. And it's like, and finally like you know resurrects her father to drag him back to the lake. But yeah, that was kind of like the first like you know good battle with like it's like oh 
It's like straight up fighting Jason at this point. Well, I mean, there was the one where, you know, um, uh, which one is it? The final chapter of the new beginning where basically you have an undercover agent posing as, you know, a college student or whatever. And, you know, she's about to jump in the shower and, you know, the lights go out and she's like, okay, Jason's after me. And then she leads them back to where the tactical team, like all the oh, lights hit them. Oh, that was uh, uh, the start of Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, like. <laughs> they blow him up with rocket launchers. <laughs> and then he becomes a, a freaking par- weird alien parasite for the rest of the movie. Like, I feel like once you get him in that form, like, you don't need to transport. You don't need to do anything. Like. Leave well enough alone. Um, and, like, definitely 80s, like, the, uh, I think it was part five. There's so many people doing cocaine in these uh, Jason movies. <laughs> like, the guy's, like, you know, gets killed. Well, that's why they're never tired. <laughs> yeah. The guy's waiting for his girlfriend at the diner, and he's, like, doing lines of coke in his car. And then, you know, Jason pops up, and he, like, drops his coke and then gets killed. And his girlfriend comes out, and he's gone. She's like, where the hell is it? Ooh, there's coke in the floor. You're wasting a lot of moon. Let me just do this coke. And then all of a sudden Jason comes up and kills her too. But it's like, yeah, it's like, you don't do the booger sugar. You're going to, you're going to be high as shit and going, whoa, man, I'm totally tripping. Oh, nope. I got a sword through me. Well, you got, you got booger sugar and then you got, you know, devil lettuce, you know, I mean, <laughs> you just can't do those. Things. Yeah. Like the early eighties, it was all weed late eighties. It was all cocaine. <laughs> if they make another movie, people will be doing meth, I guess. God, how would that... I mean, hell, they'd, they'd all be staring out the windows, peeking out and shit, like... <laughs> Super like, paranoid, you know, them hell, man, then I get killed to be yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, damn. Rock fighters might, uh, you know, ha- have something on them. I don't know. Uh, good thing this movie wasn't made in the 70s, and people on, like, acid tripping balls and be like, oh, shit, I'm totally seeing a killer. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Some of the icon, was it... Jason Seventeen had the one where he killed him with like the weed eater with the saw blade on it. Yeah, that, was... that one's always. Uh... <laughs> that was the one where I was like, it got a little ridiculous because literally like every kill is a different weapon. And I'm like, I... where the hell is he coming up with these tools and shit in the middle of the but woods? But then again, like, up? I do absolutely. Is he walking First... around the woods like Casey Jones with a golf bag full of different like gardening imp- implements that he's pulling out? <laughs> I don't know. It's like on a video game, right? Where like all of, you just have all these random weapons. It's <laughs> the like, unlimited uh, weapons. I, I don't know where I stored this thing, but l- let me pull this out. Um, <laughs> but I do appreciate a film anytime there's a uh, a wood chipper used. Yep. Like for some reason, as a kid, I remember watching Tells from the Crypt, and there was one of their you know short bits where somebody goes to a wood chipper, and I think it was one of the uh, that Halloween uh, Christmas horror movies episode we did where. Might have been Black Christmas or whatever, but yeah, somebody gets thrown through a freaking wood chipper. It's always just like, like it's all, I'm almost afraid of a wood chipper. I mean, it's, just so, it's like such a graphic way to die in movies, just blowing freaking bits out the out the other end. I don't know. We saw it in Tucker and Dell. <laughs> um, I remember Five had some good kills too. I remember like the one guy that that. Uh, having sex with his girlfriend and like wanders off to like pee or something and gets like a leather strap thrown around his head. And oh pit. yeah. And then he just like tightens it and tightens it until it like crushes his head. I was like, Oh, that one's, that's a probably one of the, 
ones I always uh, remember. And that too, that was the other thing too about five. It was like kind of signifying that no, this isn't the real Jason is the mask was different. Like it, the iconic Jason mask always has like the red triangle where this one had like a blue triangle. So it's like, uh, he just bought that at the hockey store. That's nuts. <laughs> that was one of the things in Jason takes him in hat. don't have paint. <laughs> when he pops up and he looks and there's a billboard for like whatever hockey team. And he's just kind of staring at it. Like, Hey, I'm on a billboard. <laughs> Those guys look like me, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, so could we ever get a K- Jason versus Casey Jones? <laughs> confuse the hell out of him and be like, this guy's got a hockey mask too. He could be my homie. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Did Jason ever use a hockey stick at any point? Not that I recall, but in the remake, stoner guy's in the garage looking for tools and finds all this sporting equipment. And he's over there a- playing hockey and shit. And Jason shows up and he's like, dude, is this yours? Kind of goes with your outfit and tries to hand him the hockey stick. <laughs> and then Jason shoves like a freaking, I don't know, like a tent spike or something through his head. But yeah, it's like the only time someone's like, that, the cheesiest fucking line in Jason X is when he comes into the lab uh, and uh, after he's been, you know, come back to life and the teacher's like sitting there and he's kind of like, you know, looking at him and he finally like reaches past him and grabs his machete and he's like, oh, is that, is that what you wanted? He's like, yeah, sure, take it, man. You know, have at it. Just remember who gave that to you. And then he, like, turns out, guys, don't worry. He just wanted his machete. <laughs> and then he gets chopped to bits. But, yeah, he's not here to kill us. He just wants his machete back. <laughs> he's like, dumbass. Like, I don't I don't understand. I mean, I, I get it. We're way into the future. Probably the legend of Jason Voorhees did not carry on. But... If he's on a spaceship, like you don't have a you know garbage chute or an eject port, and be like, "Hey, we got this force. Um, how about we just you know send him into space?" Yeah, everybody, go lock yourselves in your room. We're gonna purge the oxygen to the rest of the ship and just like suck him out in airlock. Which they tried that, and then he kind of like held onto the ship and busted his way back in. <laughs> but, uh, but that was by the time he was like super cyborg, Jason. So he probably didn't need to breathe in space. He was like. You know, fucking the Terminator at that point. Yeah, but I mean, at that point, like, it might be a million billion years before, uh, you know, he circles back around and and lands. Like, Jason goes to Mars, meets Doom Guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now there's your sequel, Jason versus Doom Guy. And, I mean, I will say that in, you know, Jason X, where's the BFG? They (laughs) did make... I'm just saying. That was that great... uh, and that too, the other cheesy line of that movie is where he finally gets the old sergeant and like impales him. He's like, it'll take more than one uh, stab to kill me. And then another knife goes, yep, yep that'll that do one's going to do it. <laughs> uh, rip and tear until it's done. <laughs> Doom guy versus Jason Voorhees. Uh, hurt me plenty. Oh my God. Can we do an epic, you know, like, wasn't there one of those shows where they would like pit? You know, two different characters and basically do a simulation as to which would come out victorious. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, there's like, like, that super power beatdown where it's like comic book uh, people. They need like a horror movie version of that where it's like, you know, Jason versus Freddy, but like for real. 
Oh, they just had that, that one show I mean, where it was like Doom different Guy's warriors. Doom Guy's been to hell. Jason's been to hell. Scorpion's been to hell. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Can we get Doom Guy as a Mortal Kombat character? <laughs> That's probably Mortal Kombat 12 when that comes out. We'll get Doom Guy. Uh, I mean, hell, there is a new Doom game coming out, so it's kind of uh, relevant. So uh, as we kind of uh, wrap up this uh, horror icon show, what do you think of this uh, Karloff? It's pretty good. Um, you know, uh, it's got a great flavor. It's got, you know, relatively good strength to it. Um, I'm, I'm digging it, you know. Um, I don't think I've had a bad Tatawahe. No, not that I can recall. And, like, I don't smoke a lot of their regular production cigars, but their their limited release stuff has always been, uh, been great when it's popped up. And, yeah, I've enjoyed the previous monster cigars we've had. You know, I've... They kind of they ran out of you know now they're doing like the actual like famous actors and whatnot so we'll see if they continue this come out with some other you know new guy next uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get the Vincent are, Price are, are we gonna get the uh, the Robbie Kane <laughs> that's one thing we didn't talk about is the the actors that played Jason um, almost a different guy every time with the exception of the one guy who's kind of the iconic Jason that was in probably the most movies, Kane Hodder. So can't say, talk about Jason without giving a shout out to, to Kane Hodder, who is like, you know, played him in the most movies. Most time it was like a different actor, every movie, but then starting with, I think it was seven through, uh, even Freddy versus Jason, you know, like Kane got him through what? Five movies. So, you know, different guy in the reboot, but yeah, so yeah, gotta give a shout out to him as the the iconic uh, Jason guy, <laughs> the man behind the mask, the Jason guy versus the Doom guy. <laughs> Telling you, man, I'm just gonna keep putting into the universe till it becomes uh, reality. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna and be right back. Yo, with your baby. It's time for some science. You ready to learn some shit there, Brad? I am. What do you got this week? Well, apparently lightning will resurrect a dead body. Or at least that's what I I learned from watching Jason movies. Lightning, power cables. Just shock something hard enough, it'll come back to life and kill everybody. 
Yeah, I, I've seen that in Jason. All right, but in actual science, uh, this sounds like a, a really bad superhero. Science creates ultra white. <laughs> that seems, seems like, a, like a new hero that would be on the boys. Like, <laughs> ultra white. But no, it's a new paint, actually. Uh, this new ultra white paint uh, can reflect 95.5% of the sunlight that reaches its surface. Uh, basically, you coat... It's they they say it's it's a step toward combating global warming because literally it reflects so much light that any like house or other thing that's covered in it, you know, is actually up to three or four degrees cooler than the ambient surrounding temperature. So it reflects so much light that it doesn't heat up. So it, you know, you know how it's kind of good for the environment is like a house or something painted in this. It takes less. Uh, air conditioning to cool it because it's already at a lower temperature than anything else because of the paint reflecting. So instead of having like reflecting black so much shingles that are 150 degrees baking in the sunlight, you know, heating everything, this would reflect and they would only be a fraction of that temperature. Yes, like I said, it's you know during the daylight. I feel like when... I need clothing made out of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. During the like height, of... ultra white is the new black. <laughs> In the uh, test uh, published in the journal Cell Reports Physical Science, uh, they tested the paint over a course of two days, and when the sun was at its highest point, uh, you know, it's it the the building was still three degrees cooler than surrounding objects, and at night it was eighteen degrees cooler than ambient temperature. So even at night, it was still reflecting some of that radiant heat, and you know, naturally cooling. So it takes less. So we're gonna do this with energy and stuff. Yeah, super white asphalt. I don't know, I'm kind of blind you while you're driving. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know kind of uh, what they're in the uh, the uh, lead uh, scientist on this is off, uh, Professor Exulin Rune. But I just want to call him Professor X from you know, Purdue University. <laughs> so I wonder, like, you know, one of the forms of imprisonment that they say will drive somebody. Is to lock them into a room literally with no color. Everything is just white. <laughs> like, what if you did ultra bright white? Oh, people's eyeballs start melting out. <laughs> but they say also kind of the upside of this too is it's they can ma- manufacturing using existing paint manufacturing methods, and the cost is comparable, if not lower, than standard paint costs. So it's like you know if you want to paint your house ultra white and uh save on some cooling bills that's something that's uh will be available in the near future good luck keeping it clean <laughs> yeah uh but speaking of the future or i guess actually a long time ago in a galaxy far far away uh youtube inventors have made a working lightsaber or actually it's not technically a lightsaber it's a proto saber if you're familiar with the knights of the old republic series where it's a you know, kind of before, like, the uh, lightsaber had its uh, self-contained power unit, so it has to run off a, an external uh, power source connected to by a cable. But other than that, this thing looks like a legit lightsaber. It will kind of uh, lengthen and uh, retract with the press of a button. Uh, and it also kind of looks steampunky as hell because the backpack power source they have for this thing that actually controls what it's doing is, like, yeah, 
looks like a freaking lightsaber connected to some weird steampunk backpack. But yeah, uh, the YouTube channel, The Hacksmiths, which if you've seen the videos of the working Wolverine claws or the uh, legit Captain America shield, it's like another one of their crazy inventions. And they've made kind of versions of this before that was like superheated uh, metal rods. But this is the first one that they've made that kind of actually works like a lightsaber. It's a plasma-powered saber that generates a plasma beam at 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit or So don't stick your finger Celsius. in it. <laughs> no. Yeah, so it's like this thing, uh, This uh, the nozzle projects this kind of solid, almost like blowtorch effect, but it gives about a, say, a three-foot plasma blade, kind of like a regular lightsaber. You, know, you won't be able to hit it against other lightsabers in sword fight, but if you want to film yourself cutting through steel doors, uh, like... You know, Qui-Gon Jinn and uh, I mean, like, the prequels. How is the you can do that shit. Like, radiant heat, though? Like, I imagine you have to hold this thing pretty far away from you, right? Or... Well, from the videos, they they are legit wielding it. So, it you know, it's like all the heat is kind of focused in a straight beam. So, it's, you know, you know, in the, you know it's kind so of it's wrapped in a handle. So, it's not like an oven, you know? No. Like, you open the oven door and it's like, holy fuck, I just singed my face. <laughs> yeah, because some of their, like, previous versions where it was like a superheated uh, titanium rod, they literally had to wear, like, looks like those... Uh, chrome like uh firefighter you know full hazmat suits with yeah. the face shield because it was so hot to be near it but this one the guy's just in a regular like you know t-shirt and hat and, you know jamming it through a door and cutting a hole in a steel door with this thing it, it it's pretty badass i mean it cuts through metal like like fucking butter such as the like headline butter. says <laughs> yeah so it looks like a legit uh lightsaber uh you know even though it can't fight other lightsabers but it will cut through damn near anything you want to cut through in like a matter of seconds so go check out the hacksmith's website for the video and we'll link it in the show notes uh also some future shit uh they've now developed technology where they can basically print circuit boards directly on human flesh because skynet yeah, prepping us for that future uh, cyborg technology. You know, flexible sensors and circuit panels are, are not anything new, but sensors printed directly on skin have uh, not been kind of available so far because the heat that is required to, you know, if anyone's ever, like, actually soldered together circuit boards, the 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 heat to meld the circuitry to your skin yeah, about four hundred degrees, which is not comfortable. It's gonna, to gonna put leave on a burn. Yeah, I've dropped solder on my skin before. It sucks. <laughs> but now researchers uh, um, from Penn State University believe they have solved the problem uh, in a new study published in ACS Applied Materials and Interfaces. They basically uh, figured out kind of a a basically a base layer to go over the skin, which allows the what they call the centering, which is the the term for how you know actually you know implementing the the circuitry on a surface, uh, it's able to happen at a much lower temperature. So that now they can actually literally print circuit boards directly on your skin. And they said you know the kind of the use, it's a mix a layer made of calcium carbonate and a alcohol paste, commonly found in peelable face masks. Uh, basically they apply this layer down to the skin before printing the circuitry on, on, 
you know, and it is able to do it without, you know, extreme heat. And also it can be removed with just like an alcohol swab. So basically you can wash it right off and it doesn't damage the circuitry that's been printed. So it's able to be recycled and reused on future application. I mean, I could see this like, dude, this might take tattoos to a whole new level. Imagine getting a tattoo and then you do like some of the circuitry to get it, you know, like you got a freaking cell phone or something yeah, like, like just on your arm. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, some kind of like LED like screen. I forgot my charger. Let me, you know, <laughs> put this uh wireless, you know. But yeah, using um uh, using this process, they've developed sensors that can monitor temperature, humidity, blood oxygen levels and heart performance signals and transmit them wirelessly to a network. But there's some kind of this is just the the early version of it uh they're saying some of the devices, if anyone's like kind of worn a, uh, like a diabetes blood sugar monitor that's usually like a clunky thing that's actually plugged into you, where like, so this would, they'd be able to make diabetes monitors or people with like seizures or neurological disorders, different other monitoring devices that they would just be pretty much part of their skin and wouldn't have to, you know, wear some kind of external device, something that's more would be flexible with your skin and also, you know, you could wash it off between applications. So it's not something you're going to have to, you know, permanently. So how live does with. it get applied? Like, is there a stencil and you just like, Oh, let me, you know, stencil this. Or do you have to go to like some specialist and, you know, that would be the downside. Like it would have to be a application process that one could do themselves. Yeah. It looks, I mean, from the picture of it, it looks almost like someone just took a silver paint pen and drew this thing on. So it's, I'm, I'm assuming it's some kind of like, almost like a... Like some sort of a metallic pen. Yeah, like know, one of those like 3D, 3D pens where you can just kind of draw materials out. But it's like, you know, the the application of the layer makes it sm- the surface smoother. So it's like the application of the circuitry can be done with, with less heat. And also they're using like a flexible metallic uh substance where you know it will it won't be a hard thing once applied to the skin it can move and flex as the person you know moves and flex so makes it less less noticeable and less you know kind of cumbersome and and now with flex stick (laughs) we've uh we've talked about uh boston dynamics robot dogs and how that's kind of the future of the terminators that are going to kill us all well the U.S. Army Research Laboratory has uh, demonstrated some new technology where, you know, while robot dogs are cool, they can't beat the uh, good old-fashioned nose of a of a dog. They've been, they've not been able to mechanically recreate what dogs smell yet, but now they've they're testing um, augmented reality goggles that dogs can wear during rescue and other you know operations, uh, and basically it's. Uh, has a, uh, it's it's the technology is called command sight where basically there's a camera in the goggles linked with the canine handler. So he can literally see exactly what the dog sees and then also send him visual clues instead of having to give verbal commands or the dog having to turn around to look for hand signals. Oh, look for red shirt or whatever, you know, or just like, you know, even like a simple like left right you know return attack I guess commands. <laughs> well, this is mainly like search and rescue dogs, not like 
attack dogs. But I've used the Konami code on the rescue <laughs> dog, and um, well, yeah, especially in like you know situation where they're trying to be quiet and the dog you know doesn't have to either listen to a you know verbal command or a uh, uh, like some kind of hand signal. It's like also kind of uses. Apparently, some of these dogs are trained with, like, I guess, laser spotters to, like, follow a laser. And instead of having someone that would have to have, like, line of sight with the dog to direct the laser, the dot can be kind of applied to the augmented reality screen and control the dog's movements that way from a, you know, safe distance. And say, you know, because especially search and rescue dogs getting into a building and whatnot, you know, the operator can see what they are seeing, but also kind of guide them through an area that a human rescue worker could not, you know, easily access. So until the, uh, the Boston dynamics dogs get, uh, you know, full, uh, full, uh, uh, Skynet on us, uh, you know, now we're just cyborging up our, our regular dogs. And it's basically the technology is implemented in like a, if you've ever seen the pictures of like military dogs with like the safety goggles, it's kind of built on that same platform. So it, it, you know, doesn't look much different than the standard safety dog safety goggles that the dogs are already used to wearing. So it's, you know, doesn't, uh, add any kind of extra danger to, uh, to our canine heroes in their, in their daily activities. That's pretty sweet. And with that, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back. Monster. Why so good, chum? Oh, hi, Bane. I have to write a promo for my podcast. Well, you should do something like, I am the monster, and I could kill you, but instead, I will simply break you if you don't listen to my podcast. I think that's a bit much. I don't see how that's a problem. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view. And now, it's time for all things nerdy in the nerd And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right. Let's talk about some uh, zaniness. And by How zany, zany? Extremely zanier than ever. Dun, dun, dun. Let's talk about baloney and slacks. You can't have baloney and slacks without a little TV series called The Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Introduced probably two of my favorite characters ever, Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> yeah, that show was freaking awesome back in the day. I mean, it was one of those that was like, there was enough weird shit in it that even adults could, you know, laugh at the jokes that uh, kids didn't understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, how would you feel if I were to say the Animaniacs is getting an animated reboot? What? Yep, it will be debuting on Hulu. Uh, looks to be... Season 1 will consist of 13 episodes on November 29th in 2020. Season 2 has already been in development that'll consist of 13 more episodes that set to release sometime on Hulu in 2021. Um, for folks wondering, Steven Spielberg is returning to executive produce. Um, so this will be under the Warner Bros. animation with... Blue Ribbon content, Amblin Television, um, so a lot of the same key players that brought us really awesome, you know. And if you're wondering, it's the original voice actors as well. Hey, so that one guy. sounds like OG Animaniacs. 
I wonder how that works though, because like as people age and, and their voices sort of change, like <laughs> I don't know if it's a fictional. It's not the, your natural voice. It's like a voice you're doing. I don't know if that would yeah, change I over don't know. time. Maybe not. If you're doing like an impression, or it's like it singers take, as know. they get age, they can no longer quite hit the notes of the voice cast they used <laughs> to do. Be like, wacko. <laughs> Somebody auto tune this shit. I can't hit the high notes anymore. Why does it sound like T Pain's voice in the Animaniacs? <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, there are a couple of trailers that we can link to. Uh, there's one that basically is a Jurassic Park spoof, and you know Spielberg's there, and they're talking about the reboot, and it's all things great. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. And uh, in the second trailer, you actually get introduced again to Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> Narf. Narf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we're talking about upcoming television series and reboots and whatnot, um, sticking with our Halloween theme, Tim Burton is actually developing a live-action The Addams Family TV series. Um, and if anybody can make something gothic and weird, Tim Burton's kind of the the master of that. I mean, they did that animated movie what a couple of years ago that uh, I'd never watched, but I heard it was good. So yeah, seeing them live action again, I'm just wondering who, you know, cast wise. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of the development, um, fans of a TV series called Smallville might have their ears perk up a little bit because Alfred Goo and Miles Miller will uh, be the head writers and will also serve as the showrunners. Nice. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think with Burton's direction, like, and I was also a big fan of Smallville, so. Hell yeah. Um, you know. They need, uh, what's her name that played Wednesday to play uh, Morticia now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, all grown up. She can be the uh <laughs> Morticia this time around. Um a little bit of backstory. Um Adam's family will be set in present time and will be told from the perspective of Wednesday Adams and what the world would look like to her in twenty twenty. <laughs> so fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um MGM TV is financing the development and um yeah, like not sure exactly what platform, because it looks like uh, Netflix is also one of the bidders for this. Hell yeah. So Hopefully Netflix, because I don't need another streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> you sucked me in Disney+, Plus, but yeah. No more. I'm drawing the line. <laughs> well, speaking of the line, how about we draw the line east, and uh, let's talk about eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. They're going to say what they can do, what can't be done. Well, um, <laughs> speaking of what can't be done, Smokey and the Bandit is getting a series remake. Huh, movie or TV? So, um, it is a TV series um, from Halloween director David Gordon Green and Brian Sides. Um, I mean, I wonder, I mean, there's the... The old Trans Am is kind of iconic when it comes to Smokey and the Bandit. I'm wondering if they're going to use a classic Trans Am or if they're going to modernize it and, like, you know, give them a Camaro or something. Because <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think they need to have the classic 80s uh, Trans Am. I mean, well, they try to do that, uh, whatever it, I, f- 
if it was the CW or whoever did like those action packs limited uh, series, and they they did a Smokey and the Bandit reboot, and they gave him a uh, like early two thousands like Dodge Stealth, I think at the time. <laughs> but nothing is in, as in, you know iconic as that OG uh, car. Well, I mean that's the thing. Like they're they're describing this as a quote. Epic adventure of family, small town crime, unlikely heroes, and legend and legacy. Uh, inspiration is being drawn by the genre of 70s and 80s drive-in double features. The series will explore the crossroads where humble realities meet larger than life. All in a blast of tailpipe exhaust. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't really say tailpipe exhaust. I mean, you know. That's another uh, but, who, I mean, who then again, pull off like, the Burt Reynolds. I mean, days? that's the thing is, I mean, who has a good enough mustache to pull that off? <laughs> Quick, somebody call Sam Hunt. <laughs> they got that one guy that uh, that uh, did the uh, Magnum PI reboot. <laughs> he's pretty good, <laughs> but you know, he still doesn't have the mustache. They gave him like a mustache for one episode, and he's like, "Nah, I'm shaving this." <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They're saying that they know they're going to have to remain faithful to the original setting in the South, find an authentic voice. Um, yeah, they're, they're really not giving a whole lot of details as of right now. I mean, <laughs> Some of those things, it's happening. We well, don't know how or when, but yeah, it's happening. I, and, I mean, the first movie happened, <laughs> and the second two that followed, like, maybe, maybe two was okay, by the third Smokey and the Band, it did not need to happen. No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, the third one, it was like, there wasn't even, like, Burt Reynolds like was like, I'm out. Like, didn't even do the third one. It was like Snowman by himself being the Bandit. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing. Like, we've lost, like, the Bandit. We've yeah. lost the Snowman. Like, like, those are iconic roles that off the top yeah. of my head, like. Yeah, it's, yeah. Without doing some kind of modern twist on it, if you tried to. Do someone doing uh kind of trying to be Reynolds? I'm like, off the top of my head, I don't can't think of anyone that. Uh, There's probably some like country music artist who'd be. Like, I'll be the bandit. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty much what Snowman was. Was a like, break break ten four. <laughs> we'll get like you know Travis Tritt. Going, well, he's probably old now, but let's just hope this series doesn't take a big two hundred and ten two hundred <laughs> and leave it at that. Uh, as long as they got uh you know uh. Basset Hound in a in a semi, we're good to go. <laughs> it's like we brought this into the modern times. They got Teslas and electric trucks, <laughs> or they go the uh, the Dukes of Hazard route, and they got Johnny Knoxville as the bandit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking Knoxville of Knoxville, as the bandit and Stifler is Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Jackass Bandit style. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I got a bottle of Coors Light shoved up my anus. Oh, oh God. it broke. <laughs> oh, God. Except this time around, instead of like, you know, because now Coors Light's, you know, illegal here in Georgia. So they're going to be like smuggling weed this time around. We're like, we got to go out to California and get some weed and bring it back before uh... <laughs> I go to a state where weed's legal and uh, bring back a, a semi load of weed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, 
They're saying they're sticking true to the roots. We'll see how that works. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how modern PC culture views that. <laughs> I mean, because they were pretty, like, harmless movies. Like, they didn't have... Yeah, I mean, any, like, sex stuff was off screen. You know, it's like, there really wasn't a whole lot of shenanigans. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so like... It's, it's kind of, like, safe, I think. I mean, I'm trying bit. to think of, like, you know... Racial things or anything like that, and I don't think no. there was any. Like, yeah, I mean, it really, like I said, it's kind of one of those '80s movies that you know, the, some of those you go back and watch, you're a little cringy now compared to, uh, you know, in today's like sensitive culture. But I don't remember the bandit ever doing anything too uh, outrageous. Well, speaking of outrageous, then let's let's move along here. Ben Wheatley will direct the sequel to the giant shark thriller, The Meg. The fuck yeah. <laughs> is that a movie that needs a sequel? I don't know. Warner <laughs> Brothers thinks it does. So, um, well, everyone's kind of desperate for content at this moment. So it's like, what do we got that we can pull out? Because I, I don't know. Maybe closed and we got shit. Maybe they'll have you know Jason, you know Statham return or something. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get eaten. So yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, film is expected to include Jason Statham. And, uh, but will the shark be returning? <laughs> Ryan Wilson and Ruby Rose. Oh yeah. They all did like survive as well. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll, I'll see how they can do. I don't know. What are they going to do? Get a bigger prehistoric shark? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Jurassic Park kind of had that. It's like, oh, we have the team with Rex. Now we have Indominus Rex. Yeah. Somebody. Now we have super gigantic mech warrior Rex. <laughs> Yeah, some shady company takes like the DNA from the Meg and like tries to to uh you know, genetically engineer a, a shark and now we got some kind of like fucking Frankenstein shark. Yeah. They try to weaponize her. Um Alright, let's talk about something I actually want to talk about. Stranger Things season four. Uh we actually got some new set photos and stuff. Ooh. Um Looks like um you know, just judging by the photos here all you people that you know were wearing the uh the coffee shop outfits gonna have to change them up looks like somebody's got a new job oh shit yeah it looks like uh family nintendo nindo family nindo or something <laughs> he's working at the arcade now yeah looks that way i don't know i mean in the 80s that would have been a sweet ass job yeah absolutely i'd love to work at the arcade <laughs> Um, I'd be like kicking all the kids out at the end of the day and playing Mortal Kombat all night. <laughs> and it looks like all the kids are getting ready to leave. That's one thing that was weird as shit. Uh, talked about, or we didn't talk about it but, um, on air, but that new uh, Adam Sandler Halloween movie on Netflix, Hubie Halloween, the kid who plays uh, uh, the one who gets kidnapped in the first movie. He's in it, and the kid's like, like looks like an adult now. It's like, I was like, wait a minute, that's the kid from Stranger Things. He's like, you know, a freaking teenager now. It's like, I was like, dude, finally, luckily, hit puberty because he's like way taller than he was in the last season of Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, no more scoops. Ahoy outfit. We're gonna work at Family Video, 
And then the other set of pictures looks like um, Steve is having to team back up with uh, Robin, Dustin, and Max for whatever reason. But we can only assume epicness. Yep. Russians and Whenever Demogorgans. we get to uh, 2021 and the season actually <laughs> comes yeah. out. Um, you like apparel? You like shoes? Sure. I'm not like a big My shoe fresh collector. Kicks. But, uh, well, speaking of fresh kicks, uh, Reebok has two new pairs of Ghostbuster-themed sneakers. So Hell if yeah. you like basketball-style shoes and you like Ghostbusters, maybe these will be up your alley. Yeah, I saw the one that looks kind of like a Ecto-1 paint scheme. Yeah, so they have one sort of like an Ecto-1. Um, but then they also have like the, the theme box and everything, too. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, oftentimes stuff like this comes out and it's like $400 and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And you only get it. Those like specialty sneaker yeah. shops that like the dudes are like the collectors are lined up around the block waiting for and it to like, come out. I can't hang with those guys. No, I need to be able to go like to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Where the real nerds the, go. Yeah, shit off the shelf. Um, Last week or the week before, whenever we talked about Candyman, um, Candyman, Candyman, yeah, Candyman. Uh, it now has a new 2021 release date. Uh, looks like they've uh, pushed that to August 27th. So said, scrap this Halloween. We're gonna try to aim for next Halloween season on a release date. Maybe they'll actually be theaters in existence <laughs> by then. I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like that might be a little bit of a gamble with, uh, you know, um, Regal kind of announcing that they're... Yeah, they're kind of closed. Uh, probably AMC's teetering. And well, then I've I mean, I see, like, of... AMC and so many of the other theaters now, like, I guess to draw attention is, like, you and up to 20 party members can actually rent, like, an auditorium for, like, 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, like, did you see the uh, the Coming to America 2 thing? Uh, may have I don't know I, like I said I didn't know if it was one of your upcoming stories but I saw that now like especially some of these you got movies, the email you know what's upcoming <laughs> some of these movies that have been pushed back waiting a theatrical release that were completed in the can ready to go and then theater shut down well Amazon just bought the rights to uh, uh, coming to America too so it's probably going to go straight to you know Prime like or something whatever they're video on demand or something. Yeah, apparently Amazon bought it for like 120 million or something. So it, that one's definitely not getting a theatrical release at this point. It's going to end up straight on Amazon at some point. And I heard there's a big bidding war over the uh the new James Bond movie too, trying to do the the same thing. Streaming services are trying to, you know, buy that up and get it out there. Absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, that was the thing cuz once Bond got delayed, I mean, that's where a lot of theaters were okay, this will get, you know, the drawback and, you know, we'll get a sense of normalcy and then, nope, delayed. Yeah. So Candyman's delayed. Also, to Ghostbusters Afterlife now has a new 2021 release date. Um, looks like that has been pushed to June 11th, which will be exactly 37 years after the original Ghostbusters movies were released. 37. 37. Does that make you feel old yet? <laughs> So yes, um, yes it does. <laughs> you had sent me something to um, about a little guy named Michael Keaton. Anybody remember him? Uh, Mr. Mom. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mom. You know, well, 
apparently, uh, you know, from sparkly vampires to, um, probably not going to be his thing. Uh, Batfleck, <laughs> probably not a thing, but yeah, it looks like he's a star, you know, set to stars Bruce Wayne on an HBO Batman Beyond series. Or yeah, HBO that's, Max. That's one of the things that I've like been, yeah, I said I didn't want another streaming service and, but like HBO bought like the the old DCU app and they and so like all the DC stuff that was on that has been you know moved kind of moved over to the HBO Max. But we've been talking that for years that if they ever do a live action Batman Beyond, especially after seeing uh, Michael Keaton in that last Spider Man movie, it's like dude needs to play like you know old man Bruce Wayne in a in a uh, Batman Beyond series. Yeah, I mean because he's already set to star in the Flash movie and stuff, so. I don't know, you know, I I guess at the end of the day, it all boils down to money. <laughs> and they gonna slap a lot of it. And I will leave it at that. Any but he's other... been one of them that's like, I am Batman, you know, <laughs> like for years, he's been wanting to get back in the in in the Batman universe, so yeah, like, that would be badass. I may have to, yeah, check that out. Uh, with that, you can check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we can get your smoking shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. Your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. And remember, don't say you'll be right back, because you won't be. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.